Welcome to the ASSP Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast, your source for expert insights on industry consensus standards and ASSP technical publications. I'm your host, Scott Fowler. Staying safe while working at height involves a number of factors. One of the most important of these is being properly anchored so that falls can be arrested, and if a fall does occur, the worker can avoid serious injury. The ANSI ASSP Z359.18 standard establishes safety requirements for anchorage connectors for active fall protection systems. Here to discuss fall protection anchorage and the Z359.18 standard with me is Greg Small. Greg is president of Elevated Insight and Engineering Limited. He is also the chair of the Z359.18 subcommittee on safety requirements for anchorage connectors for active fall protection systems. Greg, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Well, it's my pleasure. Now, I touched a little bit on Anchorage at the top and the important part it plays in creating a safer work environment, but I thought we could start off by getting into a little more detail on that and talking about why why proper Anchorage is so important when working at height and what are some of the hazards a worker could encounter if they're not properly anchored. Well, the, the most obvious that everybody gets is that the anchor has to be strong enough. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have any anchors fail when you fall. But the, the aspect that is often neglected is where the anchors are located. You want to make sure they're as high as possible so that uh, they're going to stop you in a little shorter distance. Uh, you want to make sure that you're not subjecting yourself to a swing fall, which mm-hmm. means that you could swing into something which can cause very serious injuries. Those, those are the primary things, but users have to make sure they don't neglect looking at is the anchor located properly. Okay. To that point, what are some steps that workers can, can take, you know, kind of a, a checklist, if you will, to, to ensure that they are anchored properly as they start their work at height? Well, I mean, OSHA talks about certified anchors and non-certified anchors. Certified anchors are anchors where a qualified person, might be a professional engineer, has certified that the anchor has the minimum required strength. There are also, there is the ability for a competent person to select a bomb-proof anchor, i.e., you know, sort of rules of thumb, does the anchor look strong enough to, that you could support your pickup truck, for example, is, is the way workers are sometimes trained. And so you want to have something that's substantial uh, because the forces can be quite large when somebody sure. Absolutely. impacts the anchor. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, there are different types of anchorage connectors, and those are identified within the Z359.18 standard. So I wonder if we could speak a little to those, the differences between them and how to know which type of connector you need for different working situations. Well, the, the standard breaks the, the, the anchor family into three different types. We have type A, which is you know, a basic anchor for a rest. Typically, the anchorage connector itself has to have a strength of 5,000 pounds, uh, and it's important for users to understand that the 5,000 pound marking on that anchorage connector doesn't confirm that they have a 5,000 pound anchor because what it gets mounted to is decided by somebody else. So the anchor may have a strength of 5,000 pounds, but, and it may say on it 5,000 pounds, but uh, it's, it's not... Um, You've got to look at what is it anchored to and how is it anchored. Okay. okay, we have type T, which is very similar, but these are anchors that are intended for tieback usage. And there are some slightly different requirements for them. Um, window washers often tie their ropes to the anchor, so we have to make sure that the, that the anchorage connector has 
you know, appropriate diameters and so forth so that you're not going to weaken the rope. Um, uh, window washer style of anchors, uh, tie-back anchors, are almost universally on the outsides of buildings, so we've got a, they, they have more stringent corrosion requirements and so forth. Uh, the third type in the standard are the deformables, and the deformables are anchorage connectors that are allowed or even designed specifically to deform and perhaps absorb energy in their deformation, which can reduce the, the size of the impact that the worker and the anchor sees if it deforms and absorbs some of the energy. And so you can get away with a lower strength. And you don't always have strong structures that might anchor 5,000 pounds, but with some of the deformable anchorage connectors that are covered in the standard, and, and you'll have to read specifically what those anchorage connectors are intended to do, uh, you can fasten them to things that don't have the desirable strength of 5,000 pounds, but are perfectly safe if you make the right selection. Okay. Now, I know there are many components involved in anchorage and that much of this will depend on the particular working environment, but in general terms, what should manufacturers, purchasers, contractors, end users be looking for in terms of design and performance for anchorage and anchorage connectors? Uh, manufacturers do want to provide good performance i.e. safe products at a reasonable and competitive cost. The purchasers themselves really should be looking for the same thing. Um, cost is the easiest comparison between products, but performance is where it gets a little more difficult. You, you mustn't assume that because two anchorage connectors pass the same standard that they're going to perform in the same fashion. Tight D anchorage connectors, which are allowed to deform, they will reduce the forces. That's maybe something to understand. Uh, but th because they deform, they allow you to fall a little bit further. Mm -hmm. If a type D anchor is used to anchor a horizontal lifeline, even a small deformation of the anchorage connector could result in a much greater sag of the horizontal lifeline and a much, uh, you're going to fall further, you're going to need more clearance as a result. Uh, so it, it's important for users to dig a little bit into what the anchorage connectors are designed to do so that they don't so that they don't mistakenly assume that there's no difference between them because they pass the same standard. Right. That's a very good point. Now, in in terms of testing, and there's a lot of qualification testing that goes on with all different types of fall protection equipment. So, what specific types of testing does anchorage equipment and anchorage connectors undergo? And what t kinds of tests should organizations be asking for to ensure that the connectors, the equipment they're using, will work effectively in real-world use? As the standard was being developed, we have, we've always required some standardized tests, you know, a known weight dropped a known distance using a, a very special type of testing lanyard. But because the different types do perform differently, um, the, the, the required strength of a type D actually depends on what force is measured in that standardized test. So again, um, we allow the manufacturers to design these devices to manage the energy of the fall in different ways. And as a result, we have an equal level of safety, even though one anchorage connector is rated for a lower force than another, but it manages the energies properly. Now, one of the last minute changes we made to the standard was to direct the manufacturers to test the substrate 
that these devices are installed on. And, and you know, it might sound obvious that, you know, of course you would want to test the Anchorage connector installed the way the manufacturer wants it to be, but that creates a lot of problems in terms of uniformity of testing. Mm -hmm. Because different manufacturers allow their Anchorage connectors to be mounted on plywood, on steel, on decking, and so forth. And so it became very difficult to come up with a uniform test that would prove sure. an Anchorage connector on all of the things you could install it onto. So at the last minute, as the standard was about to go out, we modified the standard, making the manufacturer responsible for figuring out how to test his Anchorage connector the way he allows it to be used. So what this is going to mean is that users really need to, to understand what the manufacturer has intended the Anchorage connector to be used for. And again, as I've, as I've said earlier in this interview, you can't just assume because product A and product B pass the same standard that they are interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and to your point, the intended use, not the, you know, it could potentially do this. So no, what was it intended to be used for when the yes. manufacturer brought it to market? The, 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 they're not magic. You can't right. take an Anchorage connector and fasten it to drywall and just because right. it's rated for 5,000 pounds, think it's going to hold 5,000 pounds. That's a great example. Moving into the marking and instructions, I know marking and instructions play a, a huge part in ensuring that fall protection equipment is used effectively. What marking should users be looking for in Anchorage connectors, and what, what do workers need to know about the instructions for use before utilizing an Anchorage connector out there in the field? There's, Anchorage connectors have fewer markings than a lot of the other products, mm -hmm. um, in part because some of them are very small, and to require all of them to have a lot of markings on them becomes impossible um, unless you attach a big permanently attached label which often won't survive very long in the field uh, or etch with very very small writing that nobody can read anyway. So Anchorage connectors have to state the standard number that they're meeting, what type they are, the allowable directions of loading, and the uh, you know the breaking strength of the Anchorage connector uh, again, cautioning people to understand that that's the Anchorage connector, not what it's mounted to. Mm -hmm. um, uh, a working load on some Anchorage connectors, that's important, uh, particularly the, the type D deformables, because an Anchorage connector may not be suitable for suspension as well as fall arrest. You know, fall, fall arrest anchors, you know, we're, they're allowed to deform, and after you've had a fall, you have to replace mm -hmm. a deformable anchor. Um, a type A or a type T probably doesn't need to be replaced after a fall. And then, of course, one of the more interesting things is multiple loops on an Anchorage connector must be marked as to which ones are intended for use in falls and which ones are simply a handle. So on things, okay. on things like a tripod, you may have a handle on it that to an experienced person obviously isn't intended to be a point that you connect to, but an inexperienced person might mistakenly right. connect to a carrying handle mm -hmm. which isn't intended as a connection point. Okay, so now uh, finally we come to section six of the standard which covers inspection, use, and storage. Uh, you touched on this a little bit when talking about if a anchorage connector becomes deformed, that type of thing, but what do users need to be looking for to ensure that anchorage equipment is safe to use? What can they do to keep it in good working order? And how can they know when it's time to retire a piece of equipment that's no longer effective? 
Okay, well, you know, you, you have to read the manufacturer's instructions because this is really totally up to the manufacturer. Okay. It's not really um, defined by the standard, although there's some performance requirements um, for the most part in terms of, you know, how much corrosion is too much, um, what to inspect for in terms of welds and so forth, how much wear is acceptable. That really is up to the manufacturer. Okay. So, so you've got to read that and understand that. In terms of keeping the anchorage connectors in good working order, don't abuse them. <laughs> and, Always and, good advice. And, you know, in the field I see people tying things other than fall protection to anchors mm -hmm. out of convenience because they need an anchor for something else. Um, you never want to overload an anchor, of course. That, that pretty much covers it. Mm -hmm. Just av avoiding those kind of misuses that you alluded to earlier. Just yeah. fo focus on the intended use, and the, that'll help the, you know, the piece of equipment last a whole lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, any, anything else you'd like to add about uh, the Z339.18 standard or anchored safety? Mainly that it's important that users read the literature and use them properly. Although the concept of what they do appears to be simple, uh, they are the most complicated part of the fall arrest system. You know, uh, at the other end, you know, harnesses, for example, most users are going to have two arms, a leg, mm -hmm. you know, a torso. So the harness conceptually is pretty straightforward, even, you know, even though it has some variations. Uh, the lanyards connect a harness to something else. The self-retracting lifelines, again, are connecting fairly well understood things to under well understood things but anchorage connectors is where the system interfaces with the real world mm -hmm. and so as a result you have hundreds if not thousands of different ways of connecting I mean you have anchors that could screw into the soil you have anchors that wrap around trees you have anchors that screw down on a metal decking so they are the most complicated and potentially subject to the most abuse if mm -hmm. you take one that's intended for one purpose and use it for a purpose that it's not intended right, to be used right. for. Yeah, I know in, in conversations I've had with folks about fall protection that, to your point, it's not as intuitive as, as many other kinds of equipment workers may come across. And going back to what we mentioned earlier, it's critical to understand what the manufacturer's intended use for the equipment was and sticking to that as you're working at height, whatever environment that might be. That's correct. That's <laughs> all I can say is yes, all you right. got it. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, thank you very much again for coming on, Greg. I know fall protection is a very important topic for a lot of safety professionals out there, and I hope our conversation today offers them and workers guidance on safe anchorage when working at height. So thank you again. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the ASSB Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us at ASSP.org and follow us on Twitter at ASSP Safety. We'll see you next time.